Welcome back, guys. Clocks on the stove. Usual. Zach Watts. And we have a, a guest picker today. Just Special. specifically for NFL, Mr. Casey Sheehan. How's everyone doing? Yeah. Casey, oh, yeah. I'm getting rid of this background. Casey uh, actually hit us up a long time ago and reserved a spot specifically for an NFL podcast. So we got to bring him on. He's a busy man, so we had to wait, work our schedule. So we got him week three, but we still made it happen. Right. Yeah. Some, some people have day jobs, but I, I'm still honored being on the pod. Um, college, not my forte, but NFL, I think uh, I think, I think these guys are going to learn a thing or two this week. Yeah, we've sat through a lot of hours of, you know, witching hours and behind Scott Hansen, you know, taking us through the week of NFL week to week. So I think you're a lot more your expertise is very needed for this pod. You know, we've been lacking on our picks, especially on the NFL side of things. So hopefully you'll bring us some wise knowledge. No, it's not as much also that we've been lacking. It's that these games have been freaking nuts. Like who would, who would have thought the Jags were going to beat the Colts 24 zero. Like she handed. No, I have not. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't know, but uh, to start things off, let's go over uh, some of the week two games before we hop into these next week games. So we had our first Amazon Prime game um, on Thursday night between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Chiefs ended up pulling off a wild win, 27-24. Um, some key w- takeaways from that game, you know, Justin Herbert is an absolute dog. Dog. Ripping his – yeah. Rib cage is, doesn't even exist anymore, but he didn't give – he doesn't care. I mean, he'll go out there and sling it regardless. Um, in my opinion, I thought Eckler's um, production – isn't where it needs to be. I don't. I don't think he's underperforming per se. I just think no. He's underperforming. The, Fourteen carries for thirty-nine yards. Yeah, but uh, I just feel like it's selective. It's selective play calling for him. Like first of all, you get into the red zone where he's been dominant all last year, and you're just suddenly like, oh, let's bring in Sonny Michelle for red zone carries. Oh, like, I agree. Yeah, the, that makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, like what are we doing there? And then you give him a majority of his touches uh, in the fourth quarter on like screens and checkdowns, like. I get you want to let Herbert sling it downfield, but like the old, as the adage goes, I'll probably be using this a lot this pod, but you run so you can throw and you throw so you can run. It's got to be a good balance of both. And I just wasn't really seeing that out of the chargers. Um, as for the Chiefs side of things, uh, I thought Patty made a ton of mistakes and he got bailed out by a lot of penalties. Um, some yes. drop picks, you know, Asante Samuel should have had two interceptions. One should have been a pick six, a uh, hundred plus yards. Yeah. And he's, yeah. He's just not making a ton of great, He's just not getting the plays in. But Patty, though, just made a lot of mistakes this game. I expect him to bounce back. Yeah, Patty's Patty. But that's my kind of takeaway from the game. What's your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, so I really – oh, no, you go, Casey. You go, Casey. Yeah, back to Eckler, like, I think he has been getting the touches, so it shows. But I think the Chargers and Herbert's confidence in other people on the team has really what's developed that offense. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of defenses, like, they have, like, that safety blanket – that's why the checkdowns to him don't work as much anymore. But if you watch Herbert, he's putting the ball in the middle of the field, like with laser accuracy. So I think like Eckler will eventually like have his big performances, but I think teams like, because it's early in the year, they're game planning for that too. But on yeah, top of that. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. I, was like, I feel like also they're more prepared for Eckler. We're like last year, he kind of didn't really have like a year where he like proved himself to be a threat. And then but going into last year and then last year he did. So I feel like it was kind of like he slipped through the cracks a little and now they're like more prepared for him because he, he's so versatile. 
they could throw him in the slot and he can run routes too, you know? So like, he's just, mm-hmm. and he's just a guy that could be lined up anywhere. Uh, I do agree with Zach. Patty sucked ass this game and it doesn't show because of flags that went his way. And I have him on fantasy and the week before he throws five touchdowns. And then this game, he shouldn't even had the two they did. It's just like up and down. But for some reason, bro, I don't know what it is, but the chiefs, they always find a way. Whenever games are like really close or like a war, they always find a fucking way. Yeah, I agree. Um, one of the two things I'll say from this game, Derwin James absolutely suplexing Travis Kelsey yeah. through the turf. Uh, that was awesome. Um, and another thing, I didn't think the Chargers offense was going to be as potent without Keenan Allen. I think Keenan Allen is one of the main focus points for Herbert. And with him gone, he literally just turned to Mike Williams and was like, I'm going to let you moss um, every single Chiefs DB on this field and then use Garrett Everett and shit ton which I was surprised about, but it just goes to show that, you know, Staley's got something working over there for the Chargers. Um, even with key pieces missing, they're always able to figure something out. So I like what I saw out of them offensively. We know they got all those weapons defensively coming into the year. So um, it's good to see that them improve in that aspect. But I have a lot of faith in them moving forward. Yeah, one more um, final quick thing. Who would have thought it was going to be this low scoring of a game? I thought they were going to run the scoreboard up. Yeah. One points is still like a good, good yeah, matter. bro. But these two offenses and the defenses aren't like amazing, yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I, I can to say is the Chargers, I think what holds them back is they don't have a single coach over 200 pounds. If you look on the sideline, it's all analytics guys, they need someone, they need football guys, yeah, they need some dogs, they need they some dogs, they have way too many math guys co- on that coaching staff, and I think it shows at times, like on fourth and one. They're never under center. Like, they're just – I don't know. I think they need to get a big dog in there coaching somewhere. They probably got yeah. one big guy, dude. They probably <laughs> got, like, one. I watched the entire game. I didn't see a single coach. <laughs> we should actually create a metric for team success based on the average weight of your coach. Average staff. height and weight of your coach. Like, if you had to make all your coaches into one person. Yeah. The Dolphins would definitely be dead last. They got Logic as their head coach, so yeah, I don't think they'd be good at all. It's a wiry coaching staff right there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, hey, moving on to our next game, we had the Jets in Cleveland pulling out a win 31-30 to over the Browns. All I really got to say from this game is uh, Chubb absolutely blessed my fantasy this, this game. He balled out, and it was really cool to see Joe Flacco, like, actually playing some football again, you know? Yeah, um, I don't really know what to think of this game. I thought the Browns personally just shit the bed. Um, You know, it's kind of ridiculous how Nick Chubb has to go into press conferences after the game and take responsibility for not going down at the one-yard line and saying how this is on me. Dude, you were the entire offense for your team that game. If anything, you're the last person that needs to take responsibility for that loss. Like, No one's going to blame you for running in a touchdown to put you up two scores with less than two minutes left especially when the Jets have no timeouts left. I think what this falls on is the Browns ran some really soft zone defense down the stretch, and that allowed Joe Flacco to literally just scan the field pre-snap and just throw it to wherever he wants. You know, you're getting beat over the top with just people blowing assignments. It shows guys don't really know what they're doing in the secondary. Um, The fact that you let the Jets do that to you of all teams was just completely ridiculous. You've completely flubbed onside kick. And then even after you mess that up, you know, you tell your guys to lock in and you still somehow uh, end up losing the game by giving up another touchdown. So I was extremely disappointed with the Browns on that one. 
I think Nick Chubb is one of the best backs in the league, though. I'm I'm glad that they still have Cream Hunt, though, because it kind of lets him just be that work workhorse. I'm not, uh, in the I'm sense not glad. Like, He's been he heard my fantasy points. I mean, yeah, but like, if you want him to produce that much throughout the year, you need to give him adequate rest. Oh, I, do, I yeah, think I bringing, agree. yeah, I, I think bringing Hunt in, and if you remember when Hunt was on the Chiefs, he was one of the best backs in the league. So I think Chubb is so good that he is making Hunt look that much worse than he is. But I think Hunt would be a starting back on any other team in the league, obviously yeah, given there's certain backs. Yeah, and that goes back to like for the Browns. I think a lot of their success just roots from like their playing style, and like they have a unreal o-line like the fact that they like i mean chubb is a beast just he runs so hard like he always has since his georgia days i know even like in last night's clip they showed like the video of him squatting like 675 for like two reps like he's just a he's a genetic freak but the fact that they can just like interchange hunt and chubb and just constantly pound the rock is like that's just good football in my eyes yeah i just also uh two things i forgot to mention first it was 30 to 17 with a minute 55 left in the game and then yeah. the Jets won 31-30. That's nuts. Second of all, um, they need a quarterback. And they, Jacoby Brissett isn't that guy. And I understand the whole situation with Deshaun Watson. But the Browns are, like, kind of showing that, like, yeah, their O-line's really good, but they can be stopped without a quarterback. They really it, – it's showing the importance of a quarterback in their offense. I mean, even, even the game well, – I mean, we'll get to it with the Steelers game. Jacoby Brissett still didn't – Help at all, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb really had to help him out there too. Having a mark, yeah. Them also, by the way. Yeah, um, you know, I don't think it's really necessary for them though, because you know you're really just in that position where you're waiting for your real starting quarterback to get back. And for a backup role, you know, the fact that you are even even able to win games with Jacoby Brissett, um, I think that's that shows how good of a backup he is. You know, when he was when he was able to back up uh, Tom Brady in New England when. Uh, Jimmy G and him went down as a third string. He was able to win games. So um, he just kind of has that veteran mentality and he's able to make not like over the top plays or great plays in my eyes, but he's able to do the small things correctly a majority of the time. And that's really what you want to see out of your backup. He's not going to lose you any games, but he's not going to win you any games either. So for the Browns, I think um, their game plan kind of has to be win it on the ground, kind of adopt that Tennessee mentality where, you abuse the run game, let teams stack the box against Nick Chubb, and then that way open up the play action passing. Let Amari Cooper beat teams over the top of the secondary. His route running is amazing. And I think if you get him on man-to-man coverage, he'll be able to win a majority of the time. And with a quarterback like Jacoby Brissett, especially throwing to Amari Cooper, if it's man-to-man, he should be able to get the ball in the hands of his playmakers. So that's just kind of what I see there. Um, I got a completely random, completely random football math, by the way. I have this this theory – that if you're an NC State quarterback and you beat Florida State, you go to the NFL. All right? Listen to this, though. Listen to this. Russell Wilson, Mike Glennon, Jacoby Brissett. Back to back to back. All three of them went to the NFL. Did you just say Russell Wilson? Yes, when he was at NC State, right before he went to Wisconsin. Okay. He got really big because he destroyed Florida State. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say, didn't he graduate from Wisconsin? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's a weird science, but – if you're if you're the quarterback for NC State, it does not matter how your season goes. You just have to beat Florida State. That's all you have to do, mm-hmm. and you can go to the NFL. I'm gonna fact check you and see who who the last quarterback to beat Florida State from NC State was. That's not in the NFL because there's got to be someone. No, look, but I'm just saying they don't play each other every single season. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're on, they're on opposite sides. Of the ACC. But they're on yeah, they're on different sides. Yeah. yeah. 
Moving on from that, though, we had the Lions uh, taking on Washington. We're not going to say their team name because it technically doesn't exist in my eyes. Uh, but how about Dan Campbell getting it done? Dan fucking Campbell, man. Hell that's yeah, a football man. guy, Casey. Yeah, Talk about football guys. That's a fucking football guy. Yeah, yeah that's a great football guy. He's the definition of it. Um, anyone that watched Hard Knocks knows he talked about grit. Like, <laughs> the crazy thing is, is their team isn't even, like, playing that gritty right now. Like, the fact that they're putting up fucking, like, 30-plus points back-to-back games when, like, last year they were a abominable offense. Like, it's really impressive. I also think DeAndre Swift, like, two years from now, I think he's going to be – maybe not – maybe next year. He might be, like, the best running back in the NFL. That him and Jamal Williams rotation is good for them. I like yeah, that. I, I like, like that a lot. As someone that yeah. heavily drafted Swift, I, you know, it kind of hurts when he gets touches, but it really is like such a one-two punch. Like it, yeah. it works, dude. And also, yeah. Goff. Like the thing about Goff is like I don't think he's that good of a quarterback, but he's also like he he understands what has to be done in situations. Like the dude went to a Super Bowl. You know, like I understand the team around him was amazing, but regardless of of your success and why, when you get to a level that high, you understand the sport of football. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think he's going to be like a star to win them all their games and stuff, but I do think that he got a, a little too much shit for when he first went to the Detroit versus how he's playing now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's um, exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say um, outside of that, I love – the one thing I love about the Lions is how petty Amon Ross St. Brown is. Anytime they interview him, he's just like, yeah, they drafted uh, this many people before me and that guy was sitting on the bench uh, during this game and I made sure to find him and I was like, it's weird. Didn't see him on the field at all. So wondering why they drafted him over me. But, you know, I'm out here making plays, you know, nine receptions. Yo, can I be honest? I, I feel like yeah. we're rushing the hype train on this guy way too fast. He's been good for so. two games. And I agree that he's gross. But, like, but like, dude, dude. Dude, I had him on fantasy last year. It's too wow. fast. It's too fast. Back no, in, no. Last year he produced, bro. Yeah. Back in last year, I think they finally realized that, like, if you give him the ball, he will make shit happen. And I think this is the year where they're finally deploying him as, like, a true number one. I realize you drafted Jamison Williams as a wide receiver, so it kind of gave the impression that, like, oh, you know, we didn't have that many wide receiver weapons, so, like, we we need to go out and get one. No, you drafted Jamison Williams so that you could have a stacked wide receiver core because the way you're developing Amon Ra is showing exactly why you did that in the first place. When Jamison comes back – Golf's going to have weapons to throw to. There's no doubt about that. He can pick and choose who he wants to get the ball to. I think he was the back. best receiver in the draft if he didn't get hurt. Golf's issue was, too, I think last year is he was in such a depressed state of, like, you have to leave your home in California, go to yeah. essentially be told you're not wanted, yeah. and then watch that team that say they don't want you go out and win a Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> the first year. The first year without you. Like, that shit really has to hurt your ego. But now I think he's bought into the Lions. Like, he likes that, like, system. It seems to be working. He's putting up, like, arguably the best stats that he's ever really, you know, had. I mean, granted, it's only two weeks in. You know, who who's going to tell? But he looks good so far. Yeah. I mean, I will say this. So far through two weeks, he's the not- – golf is the ninth-ranked fantasy quarterback. And, you know, I have Matthew Stafford on my team, and he's ranked 18th. So yeah, you know, we'll get to that. Stafford is not him right now, bro. Dude, quick little thing about Stafford. I think it's five or six games straight with two interceptions in a game. Just not getting it done. But I digress. Jared um, Goff also more? has really small hands. Just remember that. 
Mm. So does Kenny Pickett. So does Kyler Murray. So does Jameis Winston. We got a lot of got a lot of sm- we have a small hand dilemma going on. <laughs> going on the NFL. NFL. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I want. I wonder what sabermetrics we can pull out on the small hands issue, but you know we'll we'll have to see. Next game we got though, we had the Bucks taking on the Saints. This was a very weird game. Fuck you, Cole Joffrey. Yeah, if you want to look at this game from a historical perspective, ever since Brady got to Tampa Bay, he has not done well against the Saints. He's and I mean, with the Saints. Yeah, so I mean, the naturally, you season, the season. Season. yeah, um, you know, I would have. We took the Saints going into this game, and to be honest, it's not like the Bucks' offense won them this game. It's just that the Saints finally got a taste of what Bucks fans lived through game after game with Jameis Winston at the helm of quarterback, and that is throwing insane interceptions just for no goddamn reason. Like, what what is going on over there? Um, you know, one of the things that stood out to me the most was Winston tried so hard to get the ball into Chris Olave's hand over the top. I mean, that man, I think the average depth of target for Chris Olavia was like 25 to 30 yards. Like every pass that went his way was overthrown by like five to 10 yards. Don't get me mistaken. I think the one ball he actually threw accurately ended up getting picked by Jamel Dean. Um, but obviously trying to abuse Olave there. I love Olave out of Ohio State. That's two Ohio State receivers there now uh, in the Saints organization with Michael Thomas and Chris Olave, but just not able to get it done offensively. This was a, this game um on paper looks like it was kind of a big blow but i mean what they didn't even have a touchdown to the second half yeah it was it was was a boring it was a boring game it was a boring game yeah uh Jameis, i have in my big league like my biggest fantasy league and he was dude if i didn't have tyreek on my team that that week i would have lost like tyreek scored over half my points that blessed me but i got jarvis landry on my other league and i'm starting him this week Jameis likes throwing him the ball I like, as you're talking about, Zach, Jameis is really banking on Alave more as a home run guy, not as like a reception guy. And he's really been throw, he's really been keeping his like consistent throws to um to Landry and Michael Thomas. So I wonder if that's something too, like the Bucks kind of saw was going to happen or felt, but you saw it happen firsthand in that game. Um, also, Mike Evans just daddying Marshawn Lattimore was awesome. I love how that always happens. Um, but Marshawn Loki puts the clamps on him in the game time. Every time. Yeah. Every time. And I have Mike Evans in fantasy also. So he just fucked me. Thanks, Mike. Actually, fuck you, Tom. That's who fucked me. But yeah, that's all I got to say. Yeah. I, I view yeah. this game as like a bit of a wash. Just like, yeah, not too entertaining. You didn't get to see much of the Bucks. So the, I think the big question is like coming into week three is like, is the Bucks defense that dominant? Because I mean, they've looked unreal the past two weeks, but. Mm-hmm. And you ask the question, are the Cowboys shit? Are the Saints offense shit? Like, it's it's really hard to judge the Bucks right now if they're really that good. Because I think, like, they're arguably, like, the one, 1A one NFC contender. But I think this Green Bay game Sunday will be a, be a huge telltale. I think Green Bay is going to yeah. get clapped, but we'll talk about that. I feel like yeah. it's going to be similar to this Bucks saints game. I think it's going to be, like, 17-13, something low scoring. Yeah. We'll yeah, something. We'll get to Yeah. That. Something ridiculous. Uh, moving on from that, we had the Giants taking on the Panthers. Um, personally, you know, I ain't got too much to say about this, um, other than the fact that Dane Belton, the fucking Belton, clocks on the stove, guest, shout out, got your first official start in the NFL. Then your first play on kickoff, you ended up getting a fumble recovery. 
We're not going to talk about the fact that you may or may not have been out of bounds before you recovered it. I'm not going to say anything about that. But, um, you know, those flags, don't, if it's not a flag, then it obviously counts. You got it done anyway. Uh, the Instagram picks came out hard. So that's all that matters um, for your side of things. And for us, you know, we like, we like to see when you get blown up on social media. Another thing I'll say is, can you think of any other team that is so undeserving of 3-0 and or undefeated? I mean, they might end up being 3-0 and this week because, I mean, they got a pretty favorable matchup with the Bro, Cooper Rush. It's just Rush crazy because, like, when you see it, when you first of all, shout out Dane. Dude, first ever NFL playoff fumble recovery. That's like shit you dream of as a kid, you know? So that's awesome. Congrats to you, brother. You deserve it. You've been hardworking kids as long as, as long as I've known you. But the thing is, um, getting back to the game, when, when you see this matchup, you're like, oh, shit, Christian McCaffrey versus Saquon. Like, this is what we live for. But neither one of them really did much. And I understand the Panthers' O-line's terrible. The Giants' O-line's terrible. But, like, I mean, I, I don't know. Personally, I thought it was going to be, like, they were going to kind of show out. They're both healthy for the first time in a long time. But I, I, they didn't really make too much noise. And as much as I love Baker, he sucks so much, dude. He sucks. I yeah. fought for him for so long, and I can't anymore. He's just garbage. I, I was so bought into the Baker revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, bro. Me too, bro. And of course, I bet on them, and when they didn't hit, like I, I lost all faith in the team. He had a sixteen QBR, bro. They're, I think that they should. Of all the teams, I think they they just need to break their whole system apart. Ship out McCaffrey while he's still not injured. Tank for Bryce, like start start. You know, hang the banner, Bryce Young. Put it in their stadium. That's that's what they. No, should bro, do. they got Corral. They got Corral. Oh, that's right. I do like Corral. I like Corral too. He's feisty a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to see about that. I also don't know how I feel about tanking for a quarterback when you have nothing to build around him with, because then you're stuck in a situation where you're just going to throw him out there. And if he ends up being like really fucking good, you're going to be stuck in an Aaron Rodgers situation where you're not going to be bad enough to where you are able to get any better draft picks at position groups than what you've got. So now you're just stuck with a really good quarterback and it's still a really shitty team. So I think I think you kind of bank on the Matt Corral train for now because, I mean, you really don't have anything else. So just tank for a year or two, get him developed, see what he can do in a year or two from now. But it's obviously not looking bright for the Panthers. And for the Giants side of things, Daniel Jones is not the answer. Look, I know, I know you spent a top 10 pick on him, top five, whatever you spent it on, whatever you spent on him. Um, Eli 2.0 isn't shit, yeah, and he, he ain't shit. doing it. He's dog yeah, shit. he ain't doing it. I'm sorry. I, I was a he big. Wasn't Danny even guy. like that nice at Duke. It wasn't like he even like won an ACC championship or like yeah. he was the most standard, average like Division One quarterback in Power Five. He Dude, didn't. Do, he didn't even stand out. You guys recall like there was like that time period. There's like a five year span of where NFL teams were like, oh, if they were pro style in Yo, college, yeah, yeah, they're gonna be great and like, be good. like that's that's how Trubisky was. Like people, Yo, Trubisky beat Florida State. That's why he got drafted. But Trubisky only played one year, right? Yeah, one year, and he beat yeah, Florida, he State at Florida State. And they were like, "Oh my god!" And people were like, "Oh, like he can decently throw the ball, and he can leave the pocket just a little bit." <laughs> so like, sad. Yo, you don't talk about may- the MVP like that, Casey. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's new MVP. There was two, yeah. Of, right? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Wait, who's the new? Who's the new MVP? Do we have a do we have a fact check guy on the show? 
Yeah, wait, wait. Uh, we're how about there, we have, we're getting there. Yeah, how about we have, how about we have some computers? Uh, <laughs> 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 right, we don't have Jamie yet. <laughs> Nickelodeon, uh, valuable, valuable player. Um, Let, let's see it. Let's see it. Who's the MVP? Uh, wait. Oh two God. Tua got, got it this year, right? I think Dak Prescott got it in the playoffs last year. Okay, well, here's another problem. Here's another problem. It's a fan-voted award. Yeah, so they just tr- troll. They just troll yeah. whoever sucks, yeah. Yeah, Trubisky won it at, like, 49% of the votes, considering he didn't do shit. Like, people just love to hate this guy. Well, like, he won just, that game. He won that game. That's they why. Lost. They lost. Oh, yeah. They lost, and they gave him the MVP because it was fan-voted. <laughs> so, everyone started trolling, and – like they lost by like thirty points or something. I swear. No way. Oh my, that is awesome. Yeah, and don't you get slime? That's such a dude. fuck oh, you. That's, that's such a fuck you. Oh my god. Uh, right, anyways, fuck that game. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Patriots, Steelers. I honestly have nothing to say about it. Um, it, I hate watching both these teams this year. They're both so boring. So I'll let you guys talk about this game because I know you guys are Patriots fans. Let me, yeah. let, As let me fan, I, I think it was just due for like eventually lose hope in the team because like it's just it's just not fun to watch. Our offense is like a dull razor blade trying to shave your face. Like you're just gonna end up hurting yourself. It's it's abysmal. And the Steelers kind of look the same way, but I really I really don't even have any positive takeaway for the Pats. Like last year I was big on the Mac train. Like, you know, rookie starting, like, that's very rare with, like, the Pats organization. But, like, start of year two, like, it's kind of like a make-or-break year. Yeah. And he just looks so, like, average. And I I just – I'm losing hope early. Even though we won the game, I'm losing hope. Like, Hey, shout-out Nelson yeah. Aguilar, though. I went to school with him, and he balled out. Yeah, that's the one thing I'll say. What? You went to Jesuit? Went to Berkeley. Berkeley. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'll say about this, Nelson Aguilar did absolutely dunk on a DB, uh, moss the shit out of him. Here's what I'm disappointed about. We have a year or two quarterback who in his rookie year took us to the playoffs when we shouldn't have been there to begin with, where we were technically in a rebuild and somehow got us to the playoffs. I was completely astounded. We got weaker on defense, yet we brought back an old DC and an old special teams coordinator to call offensive plays. That's not how you help a second year quarterback developing who he's supposed to be. I feel like I'm saying the same thing every week, but like it's constantly showing like if you break down play by play, like there are plays where Mac shows signs of promise, but when the plays are so bland and like, I mean, it's, it's literally what you go into your defensive meetings for. And you, when you draw up like, Oh, they're probably going to run this, this, and this, you literally play into the defense defense's hands. Like they know how to cover every one of your plays. It's not like you're pulling something that they're like, Oh, like, you know, if we see this and we got to adjust to that, like, no, there, there are no adjustments that need to be made for any team. Um, I feel like the only reason the pass won this game is because Mitch Trubisky um, is complete ass. I mean, this man, even with the cleanest pocket in the world, went free, could not drop anything into anyone. I mean, it, it's a joke. I don't know why they don't at least give Pickett a chance. I mean, because if I'm being completely honest, what the fuck are you going to learn from Mitch Trubisky? No, nah, but listen, see, I say the same thing, but my dad's like, they under, this is my, this is, shout out my pops. This is his theory on the situation. He's like, 
Tomlin knows they're not going to do shit this year, regardless of if they play Pickett or if they don't play Pickett, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. That's just the team that they have. So he's like, he's going to let him sit and develop the proper way he should develop instead of throwing him into the fire. Let this year just suck. And then throw him in next year when he has a whole years of experience learning from NFL players, being in an NFL locker room, like getting snaps of practice. Like why throw him straight into the fire and, and waste a first round draft pick when you already know you're not going to do shit this year, no matter what. Like even, I'm sorry. I, I'm a big picket guy, and I still don't think he's, he can fix it right away. I don't, it's not about a fix-it thing, but my biggest thing is there's no experience like game experience. At least give him some fourth-quarter reps. No, yeah, like, no, that's fine, but don't, don't, don't start him. Oh, yeah, no. I, starting fine, don't care about that. I just I need to see him in some drives where he's actually playing first stringers mm-hmm. so he knows what game speed is actually like. You're throwing them out there just in the preseason to be like, oh, yeah, and then you're just taking them through game reps at practice versus the first team defense. First of all, he doesn't know what it hits like, like, to be honest. Like, I'm sorry, but the difference between getting hit in college and in the pros is completely different. I know we're getting a little softer on the quarterback hits, but even so, like, there's there's still a difference there. It, we haven't completely lost that trend yet. And I just feel like he needs to be in the environment, especially in a way environment of a really tough crowd in the NFL being able to read the plays, get the play call, get it out, see how quick he's able to make his reads, and then divulge from there and see where you're at. You go in the next year thinking you've already built around him and you throw him out there and he ends up being worse than what you thought he was, then you're really fucked. And now you have a serious situation on your hand. I just wish teams didn't put all their eggs in one basket, it seems like. But, you know, maybe that trend will end in the future. Moving on from that. that, Real quick, am I the only one that thinks he was like Morgan Wallen? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think Kenny Pickett looks like Morgan Wallen. Yeah, I, lo- I can look. You see that? Yeah. yeah, like when they were in hats or something. I don't know. It just gives me Morgan Wallen vibes. Nothing on either. I like both of them. I'm not knocking. I'm just saying. Just like kind of like a dirty look. Yeah, <laughs> like a like a dirty like that guy drinks beers and listens to country music in his pickup yeah. truck. I'm the real dirty Dan. Moving on from that, we have the Jaguars and the Colts. This was the most shocking game of the weekend, in my opinion. Um just because I truly don't know what to think about this game. But if I were to say something mad bold right now, the Jags have a serious shot at winning this division. All right, you stole what I was going to say. I They control their own destiny. Like, Yeah, take it every, away, Casey. Every team in that division is beatable. And the Jags look like they might be the early contender right now to the, <laughs> win the division, which is crazy to say. Uh, as a future Jacksonville resident, like – you know, this is huge for me. Like, hopefully, they get <laughs> um, as most of my friends know, I'm an open, I'm an open bandwagoner. So if they can get good by time I move there, that's great for me. I don't like rooting for shitty teams. I want to be part of a winning culture. <laughs> no, so exactly. If the Jags, if they can squeak eight, nine wins maybe this year, they might not even squeak it. They could, they could achieve it and take the one seed, which would be absurd. But the way the Colts are sputtering. Um, first off, give Jonathan Taylor the ball more. Yeah, bro, Second, I'm on fantasy and I've been flexing yeah. everyone that I got him. And you give him nine fucking touches. What? I, don't know. I think I think the Colts will pull it together just because like they have some like good guys on defense. They have a solid O line. Um, I, I just don't know like what the true issue is. I think it's something that like you would need to be in the locker room for. But they just look bad. Like they're not executing correctly. Dude, going, going into this year, they got Matt Ryan, and I was huge on the Colts. Their defense isn't, like, filthy, but they're solid as fuck. I was like, they have a great leader in Matt Ryan. 
Jonathan Taylor is arguably one of the best backs in the league. You have the best O-line. You got good weapons to throw to. Like, you don't have to be flashy. Matt Ryan can control the game. Like, I thought – I really thought they were going to be a team to mess with. But it's like they don't know what – it's like when they play a game of football, bless you, bless you. It's like when they, when they play a game of football, they don't have a strategy of what they want to do. They just kind of like, let's just, let's just call plays. Like, you should be abusing Jonathan Taylor. He can take the run load. He did it at Wisconsin. Like, he went back-to-back Doe Campbell. Like, the guy's fucking filthy. But, like, yeah, you got to use him. And, and the other thing is, how crazy is it that as soon as Urban Meyer is gone, the Jacks, the Jags kind of seem to look like they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what well, they have a, the old Eagles coach. Oh, my God, it's going to kill Yeah. Uh, Doug, Peterson. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. Doug it. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget the guy that put uh, a 50 ball on the Patriots head in the goddamn Super Bowl. I'll never forget that shit. Dude, Doug, Doug's a savage. I like Doug. But, yeah, dude, I think as long as Tennessee doesn't start Malik Willis, that they have the division. Mm. Mm. Maybe. I, personally, we'll get into the Titans um, in a little bit. But another thing I wanted to say about this game, <coughs> I just don't. I don't really know what I'm seeing when I watch the Colts. Like I, like, I have no idea why it's feeling as bad as it is. It just feels like you gave your six-year-old brother the controller in a Madden game, and you're just like, hey, do whatever you want. I don't care. Like, I really couldn't care less what I'm seeing on the field, and that's exactly what's the scoreboard showing. I mean, when you get trounced by the Jags of all teams, like even, even just if you took Urban Meyer out of the equation, you should not be getting shut out, and you should not be getting 24 dropped on your dome like that. What happened? What happened? I mean, it, it just looks bad all around. Um, and you kind of saw it in Jonathan Taylor's game because the times he did get touches, he was pissed. He was running through people. Dude, yeah, like, no, those he was were... running great. That's the thing. It's like it wasn't even he was like like uh, performing bad. When they gave him the ball, he did well, but they just didn't give it to him. He had freaking like 22 touches the week before and then, and then had nine. Mm. So moving on to the next game, we have the Dolphins against the Ravens. This is an early candidate for game of the year. Uh, we have the Dolphins pulling off a late comeback, winning at 42-38. to 38. Um, Ravens were up 35-14 entering the fourth quarter. Tua, 36 for 50, 469 yards with six touchdowns and two interceptions. Tariq Hill with 11 receptions, 190 yards and two TDs. Um, Jalen Waddle also had a ridiculous stat line. I forget what it is off the top of my head, but pretty sure they combined for over like 300 something yards like it was ridiculous while um, 11 Lamar, receptions 171 yards and two touchdowns yeah so literally identical yeah. um and then we had lamar going 21 for 29 318 yards through the air three touchdowns and 119 rushing yards on the ground with a touchdown as well um lamar played perfect um and the one thing that i'll say about his about him is his price <laughs> is only going up like they weren't able to get a contract done with him and his price is going up. I know we talked earlier about, I wasn't a fan about paying quarterbacks too high of money because I feel like if you're going to do that, then they have to be able to prove themselves that they don't need the weapons around them. Cause you still need to pay um, for weapons on not only the defensive side of the ball, but special teams and offense to be able to win a championship. If you just want to pay your superstars a lot of money, so you make your money back and never win a ring, that's fine. But fans usually only buy in to teams that win rings. But Lamar at this point deserves all the money in the world. Give him a blank check. Let him fill it out. Doesn't matter. This guy, this guy is insane. 
Um, and he's being super professional about it in the interviews. Like teams are always trying or interview interviewers and media are always trying to get something out of him. And he's been really respectful and professional about it saying, I'm not going to answer that. I don't want to talk about it. I want to focus on the games. So, I mean, he's not only a leader on the field, but also off the field, he sets a really strong example. So I think his price is unmatched compared to any other quarterback right now. And as for the dolphins, um, Mike, Mike, big balls, McDaniels, um, doing something with them dolphins. He's got some cooking down there. What are your guys' thoughts um, on this? Like I said, I'm an anti-analytics guy, true football <laughs> guy. So this definitely hurts my ego a little, but I, I'll definitely make some room for him. Uh, you know, I, it's impressive to see what he did, especially with like all the heat that came towards Tua. Um, you know, him not being able to throw the ball. Um, it makes you question: Is Tua actually good? Is McDaniel the you know the piece of the puzzle they were missing? Is Tyreek Hill? Yeah, I mean, they really, like, pulled it all together as a franchise, which is really surprising for the Dolphins. I know it's kind of early to say that since it was only, you know, week two, but they look damn good, and especially to be a team that had, like, a very sputtering offense last year to come out and put up 42 points, and from being down three scores, like, that's that's a team that wins playoff games. So, hats off to the Dolphins. Um, I'm still not sold personally on McDaniels or on Tua. I know I'm a hater. Um, I think I think Tua's solid. I don't think he's as bad as everyone thinks he is. But I also don't think he's this like messiah that a lot of people are gassing him up to be either. I think I think he's still got to prove uh, consistency throughout the season. It's only been two games and he's done great. I'm not knocking him. Listen, I don't want to knock him. He's doing good for so far. But I think in order for me to be like <clears throat> huge on the Tua train is for him to do it throughout the season. You know, and that's and but he's killing it so far. I got Tyreek on fantasy, and like I said, he literally is the only reason I won in one of my fantasy leagues. Um, and the other thing is Lamar going to the Bucks next year, sitting at a plus seven fifty, and I would be so happy if Lamar came right after Tom left. That would be freaking amazing. Yeah, um, that would look really good for the Bucks. The only thing I'll say um, about this game is I really hope these teams match up in the playoffs because if we get a rematch of these two teams in the playoffs, I think we get a very similar game again. Um, you know, I just don't think either of these teams have much of defenses, and I don't really care for defenses. I know defenses win championships, but from a fan's perspective, I like seeing nonstop highlight reels. Like, that's all I care about. Like, sorry to all my defensive coordinators, my defensive mindset guys. I'm only in it for the points. I always will hit well, the over. Well, what about a postseason game? You, you don't think it's fun to watch a tight scoring postseason game? Like, look, as much, on the line? look, as much as I love the – okay, let me put it this way. Defense is great for film study and stuff like that, but one of the most boring Super Bowls I ever watched was when we beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. It was like 10-3, to 3, dude. I didn't care. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah, that sucked. sucked. Yeah, but if you watch the highlights of it, it was a defensive mastermind game by Belichick. Like, that's great. But, like, again, it's not fun watching live when you're absolutely destroyed watching the game. Like, let's go. Like, I'm hyped watching football. Like, that – you don't – Yeah, but you can, have, you, can have, you can have a solid defensive performance and it would still be like a 24-21 game. Yeah, 24-21 where the yeah. offense is still prevalent. That's a good amount of points in the NFL. Like, yeah, that's a good amount of points. Yeah, I'd say the I'm average. Saying, in the NFL I'm saying is like I feel like I feel like the reason why defensive games in the NFL are more boring than in college because there's not as much on the line per game. But like if you watch a solid defense performance in the postseason, 
it's like, all right, you know, like when the Broncos destroyed Cam and the Panthers, it was like that was very fun to watch. Yeah. I, I was more like that, – that was like watching a dog get put down. Like <laughs> Cam was – that because that, Cam was so good that year and just oh for God, him to have to – character. Yeah, and then just to have him get to the Super Bowl and just have his team literally like get exposed for how weak they were without him, like, oh, my God, that, that was terrible to watch. But we'll try to keep the vibes high here, and we'll move on from that. Um, and uh, this really doesn't help my case because um, we're moving on to the Rams versus the Falcons. Um, the Rams, I'm going to be honest, pulled out the win 31-27, but they nearly, nearly <laughs> pulled the Falcons themselves by letting a Mark-ass Mariota team lead a comeback on them. Like, that was yeah. damn near embarrassing uh, watching that shit. You had special teams failing you, defense failing you, offense failing you. Stafford is really, really not that guy right now. Um, I don't know what really is wrong. I mean, it kind of goes to show, like, one of the things I was reading, it's like you get past the top three to four guys that are paid ridiculous amount of money on the Rams, and they have no one else on that roster. Like, they're just signing other white guys to hide Cooper Cup. That is hilarious, by the way. That is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, they're literally – Robert Woods is wearing white sleeves – or not Robert Woods. um, Or maybe – Allen Robinson. Yeah, Allen Robinson out there wearing white sleeves just to get Matt Stafford to throw to him because apparently Matt Stafford's racist all of a sudden. Like, apparently. We got some speculation going on. But, yeah, it you're playing the Falcons, bro. The game should not be this close. I don't – inexcusable. I don't know what you guys feel about this. Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Just – as, like, as someone that bets, like I, because I, I don't know what the spread is, but like if you had the Rams that game, I want to say they were definitely more than four points. Like that's where you're like, what the fuck is going on? Because they were up multiple scores and they just failed on special teams, like you said. Well, I think they had, did they have a muff punt? Was it or was it blocked? I think it was blocked. And then uh, they go and like have a quick turnover. Next thing you know, the Falcons, the, the Falcons had a chance to win at the end. Like, they got the ball back, and, like, they, they literally could have won the game. But, I don't know, the Rams are a weird team right now. They lacked on, like, all offense week one. They showed some offense week two. Their defense should be, like, part of their strong suit with Aaron Donald. And uh, they just brought in, what, Bobby Wagner as well, mm-hmm. another, like, star-studded defensive player in the league. So, I think I they have – No, that's – What about – didn't they get Khalil Mack too? Am I tripping? Chargers. Chargers have Khalil. They're uh, – Pieces wise, like I think they're still following like the algorithm they had last year of like what's they got Vaughn on- Miller. They got Vaughn Miller. That's no, what- he's on the bill. They got him. La- they got him last Bills, year yeah. only Damn, for last why did year. I, feel like the, I thought the char- I thought the freaking Rams got someone on the D line too. I don't know why I thought that they did. They did get Vaughn Miller just for the playoff run last year yeah, and won it all. Was. And then, then that was yeah, it. and then he went to the Bills. Yeah, yeah you're right. I'm sorry, Casey. No, yeah, but anyways, uh, the Rams. I think they're just doing that whole like we have all the pieces of the puzzle and I think they're going to spend the year putting it together. But I mean, like, I'm like, they have, have a foundation. They have like a, like a good coaching staff with like good history behind them. Uh, I think it's just going to take some time. Like they'll definitely, I think they'll, they'll win a playoff game this year. I mean, I'm a huge yeah. uh, Sean McVay guy, as everyone knows, but I think Stafford is really, really not that guy right now, dude. I think he's, I think he got away with it last year and stuff, but he only throws the cup, dude. And he, he locks down his targets. I don't know what he has all the tools. Like he's got a great cannon. He's got great accuracy, but he makes horrible decisions recently. 
And it's not like the Stafford we normally see. I don't know what's going on there. But I think the Falcons need to maybe give Desmond Ritter a chance. But it's crazy how Drake London's balling so hard because everyone's so focused on Kyle Pitts. It's such a great combination for him. Okay, here's one of my biggest things. I'm glad you brought up um, Drake London balling. Um, I think Arthur Smith, the coordinator for the Falcons, is an utter failure of a coordinator for what he's doing over there. You wasted, what, the eighth, the eighth pick, fourth pick on Kyle Pitts? It was top five pick, I think. Yeah, so I think it was – so top five pick, regardless, um, you're not using him at all. Not even giving him looks, not giving him, getting him in the game. You're running fullback packages um, with him not even on the field. At least put him in the slot, something. This dude has the potential to be a top five tight end in the league. He's – insanely tall has got amazing hands great speed strength athleticism everything you want he's really like a, a build a bear for tight ends yes literally i don't know what like what more you want out of a player and you're just not using him and then to go out and say in your press conference oh well this isn't fantasy football you know we're not gonna we're not just gonna throw the ball to one guy I'm like it that that's inexcusable you're not even using him it's not even about fantasy you're not fucking using the guy at all like, yeah at all and I just don't understand how you can go out there and say something like that because he is on your roster one of your best players. I'll say AJ Terrell is your best player overall, but as it goes for offensive side of the ball, he's one of your best players. But so far, you're acting like it's still Cordell having to do everything himself. Now, I would love for Cordell to ball out. Ball out. I have him on my fantasy. I would like to see him put up some numbers, but shit, shit just ain't working. I, I don't know why you're not using your roster as effectively as you can. And I just think Arthur Smith is failing as a coordinator right now. And it's really aggravating to see that because even though they're bad, they shouldn't be that bad right now. It looks like they're tanking even worse on purpose. That's what it looks like, but I digress. Moving forward from that, we had the 49ers taking on the Seahawks. Uh, this was Jimmy G's first return game as a starter. Hey, Jimmy, I fuck porn stars, Garoppolo. Yes. Yes. Uh, Jimmy GQ. Uh, priorly known as um, this man is a dog only lost his starting job because the 49ers thought Trey Lance would be that guy. Guess what? Still Jimmy GQ time always will be. Um, personally, I like Jimmy G just because he involves more of the run game there. George Kittle is more of a factor on that team when he's involved, given George Kittle has been out due to injury. So Trey Lance never got really an opportunity to build a repertoire with him. And for my fantasy sake, Debo gets abused by Jimmy G, like absolutely abused. And I would love to see him get a million touches running the ball and through the air. Um, so I'm loving that. As for the Seahawks, you know, you, you knew what you were getting out of Geno Smith. He had one, he had one crazy win against a Bronco led uh, Russell Wilson. Did he have a crazy win? Did Geno have a crazy one? I mean, he played pretty well. He played he for Geno standards, like if I'm looking at just if you were to ask me before playing the Broncos of all teams, what did I think Geno Smith's stat line was? And you would have told me he was over like 75% passing with over 200 yards and a couple TDs. I would have been like, you're smoking crack. But, you know, Geno, you know, they write me off. I don't write back. Smith um, got it done. And now he's back to his prime form of closer to a zero QBR, which is what I expected. Um and Jimmy G, his contract with all the incentives. I got it. Back. I got it right here. He gets yeah. 250000 per game where he takes 25% of snaps, 100000 more per win, 
$500,000 with 50% of snaps in a playoff game, extra 500,000 with 50% of snaps in the NFC championship game, extra 500,000 with an NFC championship win, earn 1 million extra with 50 snaps in the Super Bowl, 50% of snaps in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, 10 wins gets him an extra million, like $2 million. Yeah. That's I mean, crazy. just playing just playing over 25% of the snaps the rest of the season has got to give him like yeah, three. Yeah, he doesn't right even there. need the wins. He gets 250 I, I just for playing. I'm not a big math guy, so. He gets 250 <laughs> per for now for every game this season because Trey Lance is out. He gets $250,000 every game. And then every time he wins, he gets 350 Yeah. I know. I just know their owner is so pissed writing these checks. He's like, who the fuck wrote this? They thought they finessed him by giving him this little-ass yeah, contract with incentives. Yeah, but, like, yeah. I mean, I will say a good friend of mine, Mitch Turner, was super high on the Trey Lance train. I'm a Trey Lance denier since yeah, day one. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I only win this argument based off an of injury, which sucks. But, like, I mean, like, I wish we could have got to see Lance pan out a little. But, I mean, I think I think with Jimmy G, they're better off for the rest of the season just because, like, everyone on this team has played with him. They know what they're getting with him. Like, Trey Lance was a big question mark. But other than that, like I said, 49ers, they'll be a playoff team. Seahawks, see, see you next, next fall. Yeah, I agree. I love Jimmy G. I'm a big Jimmy G guy. Yeah, Is Jimmy. Handsome. Jimmy G is so handsome and always fun to root for. Um, the dude just good at football, man, and good looking. You know, he's got the best of both worlds. Um, probably the only reason why a majority of – females watch 49ers games if we're being honest just because they get to look at a hot guy play QB and I don't blame them I kind of only watch 49ers games look at Jimmy GQ too it's just how it is moving on from that though um we had the Cowboys taking on the Bengals um this was the most upsetting game for me because in my survivor pool I had picked the Bengals to win this game because you know thinking goddamn Cooper Rush was going to win a football game against a prior Super Bowl champion Seemed like the most far-fetched idea in the world, but I guess not considering the Bengals are actually trying to win a football game without a single O-lineman. And Michael Parsons literally has a full stat sheet as a pass rusher in three weeks. Um, it's kind of looking ridiculous. Um, I, I'm i just so pissed off. Uh, you also have Jerry Jones saying, I like the QB battle we have in Dallas right now. Like, we might give Cooper Rush a chance. Shut the fuck up. No, you don't. No, you don't. But with the moment Dak, you give steps Dak back on that- so much money, bro. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna pay Dak that much to sit the bench. Shut up, bro. The moment he steps foot back on that field, you better be kissing toes, Jerry Jones. That's how that's how it's looking for you. Um, but I guess congrats to Cooper Rush getting it done. Um, personally, I'm a bigger Ben Ben Danucci guy. Um ben Danucci. Yeah, I say bring back the Danucci. Uh, to win some games for you. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Um, I don't know what the hell is going on. I guess it's Super Bowl hangover, I guess, is, but that usually only goes for the winners. Um, but I guess if you lose the Super Bowl, that just ripped the hearts out of all Bengals fans. I think the Bengals sold their soul last season. That has to be what it is because there's no – Yeah. like uh, it's, It sucks for Bengals fans to, like, get that glimpse of hope and then just have it, like, torn out in the beginning of the year. And every snap, your franchise QB is at risk for losing his life. Like yeah. Sundays are the worst days for Bengals fans right now. It's uh, like it's just Dude, uh, what it does to Casey is it shows how good look freaking Jamar Chase is. 
Like, yeah. it, like, because when they get him the ball, he can do stuff. And it shows that, like, this O-line is supposed to be better on paper than the O-line they had last year. And it shows, like, how much he actually impacted this, those games last year. You know, I wasn't big on the Jamar chase, on the Jamar wave. I was like, oh, they should have gotten a lineman. Like, what are they doing? Blah, blah, blah. But, dude, he's he's freaking good. When they can get him the ball, he's good. He's yeah. really good. For all my trench dogs, like, they picked up Leo Collins for their O-line, who is a great O-lineman, but he's, like, a primary run blocker who has a history of not being great with the pass. Yeah. So, I, what does that do for y'all? Like, yeah, it does nothing. Yeah, I, I don't really know what they were thinking. There. I still think Joe's like, that guy, too. I don't think Joe sucks. I think their O-line is horrible. I'm sorry, no quarterback can be that guy when you have to get rid of the ball in 1.5 seconds. Yeah, like his no time. Yeah. Ever. But I guess that's enough for that game. That was just abysmal watching. Um, you want to get into an even worse game, though? Let's talk about the Broncos and the Texans. Um, Broncos winning 16-9. to So much for uh, Broncos country. That's rad. Uh, how about You're let's not fucking die? Right now. <laughs> yeah, how about let's fucking die? Because I would rather watch paint dry than ever watch this team get into the red zone over six in red zone opportunities uh for the broncos russ just can't do shit um you know you have all these weapons i, I don't even know what your tight end's name is Ugabunga, whatever um not not doing shit cd lamb not doing shit or not cd lamb um Jerry. jerry judy sorry sorry i don't know why i got them confused but um yeah just really disappointed in the broncos you know i thought they had all the weapons Outside of a quarterback, you know, they had Drew Locke, which isn't really like much of anything, but I digress. You know, he couldn't even start over Geno Smith. Anyway, um, dude, play I'm, a telling really close you, game with the I'm, I'm telling yeah. you right now, Russ isn't getting enough hate, but I do think a lot of it's him. I, I, and I, I listen, I was huge on Russ. I'm a huge Wisconsin Badger fan. I loved Russ. I think he was great at, at Seattle, but I think his time's coming to an end a little. And I think he's just getting a little old and he's not getting blamed at, at all. And he's making horrible throws. Even the touchdown throw he threw to Jerry Judy in week one, he underthrew the shit out of him. Jerry Judy had to, had to like just completely outwork the corner there. Like, I just think I, I just, I don't know. I think Russ isn't getting enough, enough hate and I'll be, I'll be the guy if I have to be. Yeah. I'll hop on the Russ hate train too. Like, first off, I just look at the score 16 to nine in football and it makes me angry. It really pisses me off. Like that's a, like it's closer to being that. That should almost be a baseball score in my eyes, like a good baseball game. But besides, back <laughs> is cornball. He's goofy. Yeah. And the power uh, of social media and TikTok has clowned him so hard that I think it has hurt. It's gotten inside his home. I feel like <laughs> his life and his estranged son or future son, I feel like they make fun of him for it, too. Like, did you see the, the stuff where he's, he's on the sideline and he's like, guys, you have to yell whether it's a run or a pass. Or a pass. Oh, my God. Bench, and he's like, yo, 96, I don't hear you saying pass. Like, like it's like it, like it's your high school freshman football team. It's ridiculous. It's, it's cringy, bro. Uh, it's hard yeah, to watch. I will- and like I think it's because t- the Broncos have a really good roster. They do like yeah, young, they have great skill, players. great defense, great, great defense. defense. Yeah, it's like that's how. And then you get Russ. 
I even like back in April when they signed him, I put in like a future bet for them to win the Super Bowl just because <laughs> I got that Rams vibe. I was like, oh, the NFL has figured out what to do. Just sign a veteran quarterback. But like after watching him these two weeks, it's not at all what's like seems they have at hand. So yeah. Uh I will say, um, I don't think 16 to 9 is a good baseball score. That might be some terrible pitching. Great for the yeah. fans' perspective, I'll say. Yeah, that's a, um, yeah, I was about to say. What, what sport would be 16 to 9? Um, damn, I don't even – that's such an awkward-ass score. I, what I would have said, Baseball's Casey, I thought closest. you – Yeah, Casey, I thought you would have loved this game because, if anything, this looks like a scoregami-ass game. It and does I know you're a scoregami. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say something, but – yeah, you know, yeah, uh, so many have happened. Like they need to be high scoring and weird. Yeah, we've. I think Scorigami needs to reset itself every couple, every couple like quarter century, like to be fair, or like maybe every half century we reset oh, the Scorigami. Fun, like the like if we get one Scorigami this year, that's a win to me. <laughs> yeah, Dude, yeah, there was a true. lot last year. Last year there was like four or five. It was, yeah, it was there was like two in one week. Yeah, we have – Scorigami is such an interesting thing, but we'll have to make our own segment for that and some of our favorite Scorigami games. But moving on from there, we had another weird uh, scoring outing with the Cardinals and the Raiders. Cardinals winning this one, 29-23. Um, God. I'm going to be Gruden, honest. The Raiders- as, a Gruden, as a Gruden friend of the family, nothing makes me happier than watching the Raiders lose. Uh, it, it just puts the biggest – I think – I enjoy watching the Raiders lose more than I watch the Bucks win sometimes. You know, it's just mm. like such a good fuck you to them, you know? And I understand it wasn't entirely their fault, but like, fuck you, bro. Um, <laughs> I also, I, I'm going to, I know I'm going to take some backlash for this. I do, I do not like Kyler Murray. And I understand that like those crazy plays where he rolls out and does weird stuff, looks cool and stuff, but it's not, that's not longevity. You're not going to win a Super Bowl doing that. I'm sorry, that, that's a once-in-a-while play that's going to work out, but it's not going to work in the long run. I, I don't understand the reason why they gave him so much money. I think Cliff Kingsbury is a super cool guy, and he would be awesome to, like, drink a beer and smoke a cigar with, but I don't think he's a good coach. I mean, at Texas Tech, he never broke seven wins, and he got fired, and then he became the head coach of the Cardinals. You know, I just I'm, – I'm not big on them. I think this game was, was – it was – Interesting, but yeah, I'm I'm a hater. I hate the Raiders, and I'm a hater on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. That's just I'm sorry. Um, I so I watched the end of this game sitting next to Grayson as we traveled our way back to Tampa in first class. Uh, I jinxed the Raiders. I I said they were about to be one and one or something. I said they were a good team. I personally, I the Raiders are one of my top ten favorite teams. I had a great season betting with them last year. Uh, shout out Max Crosby, absolute dog. The Raiders are going to win games, but what they did in the fourth quarter was just hideous. And then Kyler, who me and Grayson sat and we talked about, and we said he's like this video game character and player, as we know he has issues with. Um, the scrambling is getting out of hand. He can't do anything. Everything that we said doesn't work for him. He took and he shoved it down our mouths and won a football game. The people talked about the play where he scrambled for, I think it was – was it like 18 seconds or like it, was like it was like 70 yards covered or something like that yeah 84 yards covered yeah. 18 seconds like live play 
That was crazy, but the one where he broke around and threaded it to the back of the end zone to send it to overtime was probably one of the best passes I've ever seen. I think Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray is talented. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, I think he's a smart coach, another analytics guy. So I automatically don't like him for that. But um, I think they have, once again, the right pieces. I just don't think they have, like, a good veteran sense in their locker room that can, like, help them win games. Like, they finally did that with this game and winning, like, a nail-biter comeback overtime victory. But otherwise, like, I still think the Cardinals are kind of like an edge playoff team. I don't think they have what it takes to make any sort of push. Yeah, I kind of view them as, like, a one-and-done team. Um, the way I kind of view it, just to piggyback what y'all have been saying, you know, once Kyler Murray's legs leave him, that's kind of the end of his playing career. Um, unbelievable arm talent, um, great athleticism, just has the tools to be a great quarterback, just doesn't have the mental to get there. I don't think he does enough pre-snap reads to get things done that a high-caliber QB, like what a high-caliber QB needs to be. Um, and to be honest, the Raiders really just sold this game extremely bad like one of the worst sell jobs i've ever seen um shout out isaiah simmons for making that great play by um giving hunter renfro a concussion actually he actually knocked him out this week yeah he's um out. yeah so knocked his ass out and was able to win the game because of it so shout out them um i'm also a little bit happy though because the raiders continue to suck despite signing Devonte Adams. So, you know, in my mind, I think I had like a daydream of like Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams, like sitting in front of their windows. And it's just like, baby come back is playing. And they're just like wanting so bad to text each other, but they're too afraid to. And that's just kind of like what's been playing in my head. Um, that'll probably make it to a NFL mean week four. Um, Cause I'm gonna be honest. I think the Raiders are going to go on four or on three, excuse me. Sorry. I'm a week ahead. Yeah. But that's just kind of how I see it. But moving on from that game, we had the Packers taking on the Bears. And let me tell you, history always repeats itself. Aaron Rodgers continues to publicly child abuse his children. Um, and his children happen to be the Chicago Bears. And, yeah, this one was ugly as shit. Um, you know, with even with the lack of weapons that the Packers have, you know, you're throwing a Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard. I mean, I don't even – Dubes, Christian Watson, Christian Watson, Doobie, whatever your Dubes, Dobbs, whatever his name is. You got Roger Stone and nobodies, yet he's still getting it done. Don't know how that's happening. I mean, he's um, getting it done against the Bears, though. Calm down, Chief. He got it done against yeah, the Bears. The Bears have a good defense. Right. Yeah, the Bears have a good defense. It's just the fact that it's the Bears, and you know, Packers have a solid defense. Justin Fields is getting screwed out of his mind. I mean, look, I don't think he's all that, even as an Ohio State, like, enjoyer, like, that watches Ohio State football. Um, their quarterbacks never pan out in the league, but you're not doing him any favors by not getting him any goddamn weapons. He's throwing to fucking Darnell Mooney, bro. Like, what is go what are they trying to accomplish here? Do they think he's suddenly going to turn into the reconnaissance of Cam Newton at Auburn? Like, no. Like, that doesn't happen. Like, I just – it's poor football. It sucks to watch, and it's the reason why they're one of the bottom five teams in the league right now. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I think this game was a big uh, – you know, I mean, it was two division teams playing that have a lot of history, but it was a fan game. That's what I call it, a fan game. Packers fans, they were worried, are we going to suck? It's going to be a big telltale sign. The Bears, they come off a big win against the Niners. Are we going to be good? 
and it went both the ways it normally does. Packers fans are reassured. They still have Rodgers. They can still win games. Bears fans can go back and hibernate for the rest of football season because they know they're going nowhere. Yeah. And that's, what, that was how the game went. In my, my yeah. One of the things I'll add, because um, it completely blew my mind, David Montgomery was averaging like over five to six yards a carry this game. Yeah. Like he was making unreal progress every time they gave him touches. So my bets going into the game, I had some prop bets. Mason Crosby was going to make two field goals. He made one in the first quarter and the fourth. That hit easy. And then David Montgomery to get over 13 touches. When you think of running backs that get over 15 touches in a game, um, you think of Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon. David Montgomery needs to be in that category. This man is average or Nick Chubb as well, but this guy is averaging over six yards of carry every time he gets the ball for the bears and they just refuse to use him. I don't know why they're so adamant about getting to play action pass so early about throwing the ball with Justin Fields. No, your strengths are in your run game. Abuse it while you can teams know you are so eager to pass the ball that they don't even need to bank on running because you just don't trust your running back. And I don't know why. It's kind of annoying to watch because I feel like the Bears could be so much better than they actually are, and it's just not coming to fruition at this time. I don't, and you got rid of, they got rid of Nagy, so it, I don't know why they haven't improved in that aspect. It's just it looks to be getting worse even after they got rid of one of the worst players. It's uh, because Phil time. Hobbs is a fan of them. Mm, yeah, I forgot about the Phil Hobbs effect. I did yeah. forget about the Phil Hobbs effect. It's like another ten years of losing added on to. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, our next game moving on we got buffalo played tennessee and mm. all i really gotta say is buffalo is the most perfect sound perfectly sounded team right now in the nfl josh allen is confirmed that guy stefan diggs savage um tennessee it dude Tannehill, they got it they gotta give malik the chance Tannehill has so many weapons around him and none of them get to do anything. And this O-line is not helping Derrick Henry at all. At all. So it's just kind of like – Yeah. It's like they're shooting themselves in the foot before it's even like the other team's beating them, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Casey, um, do you want to say something? Bills are, the Bills are really good. Yeah. About it. Like, it's fucking terrifying how good they are. Like, the when, uh, when Patrick Mahomes first had, like, his breakout and they won that Super Bowl – and, like, I watched that, and I said the Chiefs are going to win 10 Super Bowls. And, like, yeah, I just have to accept the fact of that. I'm now watching the Bills, and I'm, they very well win the next, like, 10 years. Like, it's just crazy. Like, they look unstoppable, especially this early on. Um, as for the Titans, what the fuck? Um, I had them as, like, an early, easy favorite to win their division. I really thought about betting it because like, they were, like, plus 180. I refrained. I refrained from doing that, thankfully, because it's like, all right, you have Derrick Henry. A lot of people were hating on Tannehill, and I kind of questioned why. You know, like, he already had a track record, track record of being able to, like, hand the ball off, getting plays done. But, like, they look god-awful. Like, I mean, I love Vrabel. He's a great coach, but, like – he he looked he looked hung over at the game. First off, like he literally looked like he hadn't slept. Like it just looked like a bloodbath. So that game was pretty piss poor. Yeah, I um, do love Taylor Lewan and busting with the boys. Yeah, I do like busting with the boys. So um, speaking 
Yeah. Speaking of that, um, yeah, he did. I was just about to say that Lawan is out for next week along with Bud Dupree. So a Titans O line that was already depleted gets even worse. Um, Look, I drafted Derrick Henry in fantasy, and I've been trying so hard to trade him away or sell him out because, look, the Titans did him the worst favor in not adding anything to their passing game. They got worse by giving away A.J. Brown to the Eagles. Your O-line got worse because you didn't sign anyone, and now you're even more depleted with more injuries. And outside of that, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. You, you, run, you throw to run and you run to throw you need to be able to have somewhat of a passing attack in order to give Derrick Henry a chance to become more explosive. Right now, you're so linear in your offensive game plan that teams are not only stacking the box, they're getting such good edge contained that Derrick Henry can't get any momentum. He might as well be any other running back in the league because he's getting hit before he even gets to the line of scrimmage. I mean, you remember that game against the Giants? He got blown up behind the line. I have... If you would have told me that a normal-ass guy was blowing up Derrick Henry, I would have been like, you're smoking dick. Like, there's no way that's happening to Derrick Henry. But we're starting to see the humanized form of Derrick Henry. And it's not to say that Derrick Henry's gotten any worse. It's because his team literally is not doing him any favors, and they're actually anchoring him down that it, it's completely destroying the Titans' chances. They're not doing him any favors. They're not adding anything. They're so one-dimensional. Brable is probably losing sleep because he it's probably hitting him now at this point that he has to come up with something in order to make the scene look better. And honestly, my advice, you have to start using screens. You have to start abusing screens. If you're going to abuse the run that much, force seems to stack the box, abuse, abuse little bubble routes, abuse your wide receiver screens, jailbreaks, bootlegs, get something going to where you have teams committing to the blitz and you burn them because of it. Don't try to bait them into thinking you're going to pass and trying to run because they're never going to fall for it. Yeah, it's you could also work. just start Malik Willis and let his feet also make them get more respect to other than just Derrick Henry. They don't – defenses I mean, don't respect Tannehill, bro. They, they, they don't fear him at all. Yeah, and the reason why they don't – but the problem is, is, like, we kind of go back to, like, only hurting a player's confidence. Like, you throw Malik in there and you tell him, hey – try to run some read option plays with Derrick Henry against teams with stacked boxes and also no receivers. I feel like, <laughs> like, like what they did in the fourth quarter against the bills. He threw in Malik Willis. That's the worst time to throw a quarterback. Oh, that in. was bad. Yeah. That was stupid. Yeah. You, you had him run the worst plays and he got blown up and he's in a really, really bad environment. Like bills mafia does not take it easy on you at all at all and they ripped him apart like that did not help him at all and Rabel did not help the Malik Willis case um if there was ever a time to put Willis in um I I I don't want to say now is the time but you should maybe start considering it because Tannehill is reverting back to his dolphin ways that's kind of how I see it but our next game we got the Eagles and the Vikings Eagles pulled this out 24 to 7 Dude, I am, I've been big on Jalen Hurts, and I'm still big on Jalen Hurts. I like mm-hmm. what this guy does, dude. He's good at football. He's a great leader. He's Like Case said, he's gritty as hell. I, I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan. Um, he's finally getting the ball in Devonta Smith's hands a little more, which is, which is helping him a lot. Um, he's got good weapons around him. Uh, their run game's good. Their defense is solid. Freaking Dalvin Cook, six carries for 17 yards. Uh, Kirk Cousins was a leading rusher for that night. It's just like I don't, I don't know. They they can't get Jefferson the ball. They can't get Thielen the ball. It's like 
they're just a step behind the whole game. That's what I felt like when I was I was watching them. My dad was like, the Eagles were just like a, a step ahead of them the entire game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the Eagles look really good. I think they're a true, like, NFC contender. Um, I think a lot of people also doubted Miles Sanders' ability this year. Um, he's looked really well. Um, Jalen Hurts also another one. I think a lot of people predicted him to do well, but I honestly didn't expect it. He's kind of blown it out of the water. They just look super fast is how I feel about the Eagles. So uh, we'll see how they look towards the end of the year, but right now I think they're a damn good team. Yeah, I like them a lot, and like I, I agree, but I feel like that fast pace is the kind of offense you need for a Jalen Hurts-esque quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say just two things about this game. Um, first, when Jalen Hurts was drafted the Eagles, I was one of the people sitting down saying, like, I will guarantee you Jalen Hurts is going to be a starter for this team within the next couple years. And the reason I said that is not really so much his quarterback play because I didn't, I didn't think he'd develop even this well. But he's such a leader and just such a team guy. Like, no matter his position, he is 100% for the team he is on. And I've always respected that and loved that about him. That's someone I've always wanted uh, on my team. But it's so good to see him having the success he's having in the league, especially now. Um, he's one of the better mobile quarterbacks in the game. Um, and I really enjoy seeing it. Another thing I want to shout out is Darius Slay. In the NFL Top 100, when he was talking about when he was talking about Justin Jefferson, he's like, "I've been studying your film. I have our game marked down. I'm going to be ready for it." He did not lie. He did not tell a single lie because when Justin Jefferson showed up, he shut that man down. Now, given Kirk Cousins wasn't making some of the throws <laughs> he didn't make, um, you know, our our uh, Christian youth leader, Kirk Cousins. Um, gosh darn it, man! You couldn't get it done. You you suck, bro. I'm sorry. You'll never win a playoff game. And you're not giving the ball to Dalvin Cook. And I don't know whether that's your new offensive coordinator being an ex-quarterback. I don't know whether that's because you're racist. I don't know what it is. Um, I, I don't know what it is, man. But you're just not giving him Dalvin the ball. And I need you to give him touches. Because last year, you even have given him some screen passes. You know, you're getting him involved in the passing game. You're just disrespecting him at this point. Back to back so weeks. good, too, bro. He's so good. So good. So good. And you're just like, nah. You're like, we got Justin Jefferson now. Like, we're at Bro, he ain't he ain't Randy Moss. Yeah, I'm sorry, but he ain't he ain't Randy Moss. Uh, I I mean I bet on the Vikings this game. I'm ashamed to say it. Not really. Um, I don't know if anyone follows Book It with Trent on TikTok or Twitter, but he is like the known worst sports gambler. Uh, and he did like a six-team parlay and went 0 for five to start, and he had the Eagles for the sixth pick. So I was only you know right to fade him for the perfect <laughs> parlay. Uh, you guys should give him a follow. If not, he's actually hilarious. He is just known for being awful at gambling. But, yeah, yeah. I, I don't believe. I, 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 I like the Eagles, dude. And all I wanted to say is like what Zach said is the one thing that stood out to me about Jalen Hurts more than Tua when that whole debacle happened is his leadership. He is such a good leader. And, and that goes with like what Casey says. He's a football guy. You know, Jalen Hurts is a football guy. And I think that's one reason for his success is he's determined and, and extremely hardworking. And I hope – Nothing for the but the best for him, and uh, I, 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 the best, the best meme all week was the a stadium couldn't hold a Bills versus Eagles Super Bowl. It wouldn't be able to contain that. Oh hell no! We'd go into World War Four on our own turf or World War Three. Excuse me. I was thinking about the memes. Yeah. Okay, now we're on to the start of Week Three. Last night's game: Browns versus Steelers. 
I'm going to start off with some personal trauma. Uh, for those that gamble, I placed a teaser that was the Steelers plus 10 and a half under 45 points. It was a great bet until the last play of the game when the Steelers decided to do some fuck shit and let the Browns essentially score based off a failed play. Thus, my bet not hitting. Otherwise, we kind of touched in the week two preview that the Steelers are failing at quarterback. I think Mitch could still be the guy to last out. Uh, going back to like what Grayson's dad said, I think they like he's just the best option for now. Um, onto the Brown side, I think Brissett actually is their guy. I think he can win them games. I think by time, if and when Deshaun comes back, they'll have a winning record, if not a little better than so. But I, I think the Browns, like, they have a true core team. They're a good football team. And they pound the rock, which is what I love. So, I'm all for the Browns. I mean, I got yeah. Nick Chubb, and he's just doing me great this season. I can't complain. Yeah. Um, one of the things I'll say about this game, George Pickens, borderline catch of the year candidate, um, insane. Um, I wish they'd use him a little bit more, but, you know, you have Mitchell Trubisky throwing in the ball. He's such a um, menace to society. Yeah. I, I will say this, though. I will say this, though. Catch of the year is only possible if you have a quarterback just shitty enough to put it just within your catch radius, but not good, not good enough for it to be right in your chest. So you kind of need your shit show quarterbacks to have your other guys make plays. So like we need, we need the Mitches, we need the kiss and titties of the league to make these plays happen. So I'm really happy for that. Um, Casey, you had some trauma. I had some blessings. Um, I had the Browns defense on my fantasy team, and they had two points up into that last play, and then you got eight points off a touchdown and a fumble recovery. Um, God bless America. We love to see it. Um, so they got me 10 fantasy points there. Probably not going to help me win either of my leagues. Um, shout out Jacob O.C. I, I hope Josh Allen dies. Not literally, but, you know, for the sake of my fantasy chances, please. Um, yeah, but – Really about it from the shit show that was a Thursday night game. Another thing I'll say, you might say that that was a shit game to watch. But if I were to tell you four months ago, if I would have given you the opportunity to watch a Browns-Steelers game on any day of the week, you would have begged me. You would have begged me to watch that game. So I want you to shut your mouth. You're going to enjoy some shitty football on Thursday night because that's just how it is. But moving on, we have – our first preview game, which is the Texans at the Bears. The Bears are minus two and a half. All right. I got some small talking points about this. Um, this is Lovey Smith's return to his old stopping grounds in Chicago. Um, as for the Houston Texans, the rookie defensive backs and Derek Stingley Jr. and safety Jalen Petrie are shining amazingly. But if the Texans are going to continue to Texan, they'll do most likely what they did to J.J. Watt. Wait for him to hit his prime and then ship his ass out because you failed to build on them at all. It's just what the Texans do. And as for the Bears, the Bears have four players all on the offensive line and a handful of other players that are questionable for this game. The injury flu is going around heavily to every team. And for the Bears specifically, this is not looking better. And also on the defensive front for the Bears, Roquan Smith has a hip injury he's dealing with. He's questionable as well and is a key absence. Look, never in my life am I ever going to bet on the Texans but I sure as hell ain't betting on the Bears. That's all I'm going to say. Rocking um, the Texans? Give me, give me the Texans. 
Give me the Texans plus two and a half. I'm feeling a little bold. Screw it. Why not? A little Yahtzee. Let, 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 let's spice things up a little bit. Case, what are you, what are you rocking with? Bears in Soldier Field. Give me Texans money line. No way. <laughs> yeah. no let's go. Way. Fucking mafia. I expect a big day out of Brandon Cooks. Give me a breakout game for him. Davis Mills and that big ass neck are going to defeat the Bears. I really believe that. No like, way. I'm all for the Texans. Lovey Smith, he, he, he was Chicago when like you were growing up. He was the coach there. I know Grayson doesn't like Lovey, but I don't know. There's something about him. Like, when I think football guy, I'm going back to his term. Lovey Smith loves football. And when he's in the city of brotherly love, he's going to lead his team to victory. So, Texans money line. Hell, yeah. He's going to leave oh, some love all over man. the Bears. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against both of you all and say Bears money line. I think the Texans will be getting lucky. <laughs> I think that uh, they I think they just be getting lucky and playing shitty teams. I think we'll see Justin Fields feel a little more comfortable in this game. And uh, I dropped Cole Komet, so it would be very uh, my luck for him to ball out this game too. So I'm going to go – I'm going to personally go Bears money line. Yeah. You know, I'm going to – Casey even convinced me, screw my plus two and a half. I might as well just go straight money line there. Yeah. yeah if you ain't winning by me – yeah, you, you might as well. How often, uh, it, how often does a team lose by, you know, one, one two points? Yeah. Yeah, never. Yeah, not at all. Our next game of the week, though, we have the Raiders at the Titans. The Raiders are minus two point favorites in this one. This is the battle of the O and twos. Um, who will be O and three? That's the big question. For the Raiders game plan of things, all they have to do is sack the box against Titans star Derrick Henry and take the top off the Titans defense. Um, that seems pretty easy to do considering you have Devontae Adams. I know Hunter Renfro is out with injury. Josh Jacobs is not traveling with the team. He will be traveling by himself due to an illness that's been ailing him. So that'll be a game-time decision to see if he'll start. And also, I mentioned this earlier, uh, Bud Dupree, a key player on the Titans defense, and Taylor Lewan, a star player on the Titans offensive line, will be out for this game. So because of this, I am going to ride with the Raiders minus two. Um, Yo, Josh Jacobs might not play. Yeah, no, he's sick. Well, he's tra- traveling with uh, the team, but he's a game-time decision. They don't know. But he hasn't practiced all week. Um, for those looking for fantasy wire pickups, Brandon Bolden, um, Zaire – not Zaire White. It may be look, – look at Brandon Bolden as a pickup for fantasy on the waiver wire. Um, I don't know how confident they're going to be in Josh Jacobs' ability to start this week. He is sick. He is traveling separately from the team. He will most likely be a game-time decision, and he did not practice these last two days. So look out for that. And because of that, with all the injuries and things going on with um, the Titans and the Raiders, I'm still going to ride with the Raiders. Um, So long as Devontae Adams is starting, I think the Raiders have a chance. And I just don't think the Titans have much. They'll be 0-3 still, and the Raiders will pick up their first win. So Raiders minus two. I'm with Zach. I'm a, I'm a biased Raiders fan. I loved him last year. I'll love him again this year. Uh, I don't think the Titans have what they got, no matter what, being at home. Uh, I think this is the Raiders game to win, and they should win by more than a touchdown as well. So Raiders minus two. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, the Gruden family is in Knoxville right now. 
Nashville going to this game this weekend. So I'm taking the Titans money line because fuck the Raiders. Oh, my God. The more Grayson no. goes against me, the better I feel about pick. Yeah. <laughs> So, I'm so cool with this. Grayson. There's something in the bro, bro, there's something in the air. The Gruden family's already there hanging out, having a blast. They're celebrating something. I don't know what it is. I talked to Jason about it yesterday. There's just Johnny. Yeah, Jason, Jason owes me $18. Johnny. <laughs> Johnny's gonna be sitting up there just in the aroma. The are we going to the game? Yeah, they're going to the game. Mm-hmm. Titans oh, money line, bro. What? They're going like out of spite or like oh uh, no, I think they're just I think they're just having like a family vacation there and it just so happened to fall. It's one hundred percent out of it's one hundred percent out of spite. He definitely wants to host like a Gruden Grinders episode just to shit on some Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill. No, no, no. So so not to get like personal just real quick, they don't really hate the Raiders that much. They hate the Bucks more. Because like mm. the Bucks, like they took them out of the, the ring on or whatever, and like that was really fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, that, that, anyways, that. yeah, I don't want to get on the personal. Let's move on to the next game. Next game, we have the Chiefs heading to Indianapolis. Let's be quick uh, with this Chiefs. one. I think we're all on the same page. Yeah, I'll just put a few little things in here. Chiefs are minus five and a half favorites. Colts are 10th in the league in passing offense with an average of 252 yards per game through the air, while they are 12th in rushing offense with 115.5 yards per contest. Look, Shaq Leonard, a.k.a. Um, I forget his old name, but I think it's Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard out for the Colts, their star linebacker. He's still not back. And for the Chiefs, Harrison Butker is still out. Um, but guess what? Even with your kicker out, not going to matter because you were going to drop 50 points on this absolute ass can of a team. I Look, for a team that's trying to figure themselves out and find their identity, the Chiefs are not the team that you're going to figure that shit out. I'm sorry. Um the only way they have a chance is if you give Jonathan Taylor more than 20 carries in this game, and I still don't think they're going to learn from their mistakes. They're still going to continue to fuck this up. Give me Chiefs minus five and a half still. For all my betters, this is what's known as a trapdoor game. Uh, the people out in the desert, Las Vegas, they know something we don't. The Chiefs should be way more than five and a half points favorites. All the all the sharps are going to be betting the Colts. I bet you ninety five percent of America is going to be taking Chiefs minus five and a half. And you're an idiot if you do that. That's why I'm going to be taking the Chiefs minus five and a half. Don't over <laughs> the Chiefs are the better team. They should win by fucking four touchdowns. Like this is just, yeah. I don't know. yeah yeah. No, I I, I found the best goal. This line makes me very nervous because it makes me feel like there's something about this game that's going to happen. Like. I don't know. It's just Dude, a weird. What would make my life so happy is if Jonathan Taylor and Patty just both went ham because I have both of them yeah. on the same team. Yeah. Let me, Casey, I, I'm glad you brought up the trap game thing because I read a quote that was so funny. It was like, for those saying this is a trap game, you have to have some type of faith in the, in the team that's a trap. Yeah. But we have no faith in the Colts, so this this can't be a trap game. Yeah, there's no, one no way. They, dude, they have to just feed Jonathan Taylor. Like, literally, That's the only way. when in doubt, way. just put it in his hands. Like, like yeah. if you guys – when he gets a lot of touches, you play better. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, that's where we're going with that. Next game, though, we have Bills minus five and a half 
at Miami against the Dolphins. Minus Look, five now. It's minus five now. It's minus five now. Okay, so we'll switch that to minus five. Look, let me give you some injury report updates coming out of Buffalo. Micah Hyde, Jordan Phillips, Dane Jackson, and Ed Oliver are out for the Bills. Also, Gabriel Davis, Jordan Poyer, Dawson Knox are questionable for the Bills. There's a lot of starters on that Bills defense that are looking questionable or out for the game already. And I know the Bills are looking like the most unstoppable team right now. Let me tell you, Mike Big Balls McDaniels, give me, give me the fade God. Give me Dolphins plus five. I'm telling you, I'm liking it. Don't know what it is. I think the Bills are the Bills aren't necessarily going to get exposed in a sense. They're still one of the best teams in the league. Look, they just have a lot of injuries. And I think David can beat Goliath. It's a reason it's in the Bible. It's a reason why we watch football on Sundays, on Mondays, and on Thursdays. It's games like these we tune in. Look, Tyreek Hill has knocked the Bills out of the playoffs the last two years. He is the Bills kryptonite. And expect Tua to throw Tyreek the ball 8 million times. I'd love that. Who the hell, who the hell are they going to have covering him? I also have Isaiah McKenzie, so let's hope Gabe Davis is hurt. Yeah. Gabe Davis will most – well, Gabe Davis didn't start last week due to his ankle injury. I would assume he is going to play this week. Um, so, fantasy starters, don't mark him out too late. I do expect his production to drop a lot, though. He's probably not going to be game time ready. Isaiah McKenzie will probably get some good looks during the game. We'll shout yeah. him out. Yeah. But let's be honest, Stephon Diggs is getting 99.9% of the passes. That's just how it's going to be. But – Give me the Dolphins at plus five. I'm riding with Big Dick Daniels. So uh, I'm willing to take on the temporary position of the fun fact guy for the podcast. I brought in a fun fact today. Nice. Since the beginning of the 2021 season, the Dolphins have won every game against quarterbacks whose last name contained the letter O. I saw that. They're nine and nine. They're nine and nine. They're 11 and O against quarterbacks with the last name that contains O. J- Allen, A-L-L-E-N. There is no O in it. I thought they were nine. I thought in their last 18, they were nine wins against quarterbacks the last name. And then they were an O and nine with last when the quarterback's last name had had an A in it, right? No, they're O and nine when the team who they're facing's quarterback doesn't have an O in the last name. Allen is spelled Uh, A-L-L-E-N. The Dolphins are not going to win this game, but they will cover. Give me Dolphins plus five. Oh another thing, another thing. Miami has never beaten Josh Allen. They've never beaten Josh Allen. It's happening cover. today. It's happening today. They it's look- happening today. I'm I'm going I'm going Bills money line. I'm sorry. I don't see uh hell I yeah. See, I don't see the Dolphins doing anything. But you're telling me you can take Bills money line when they're a five and a half favorite on this podcast? I mean, I'm just not gonna touch the I'm just not gonna touch the spread. I'm just picking Bills to win. <laughs> I'm just gonna take the Bills to win. Great Grace is more of a parlay guy, let's be honest here. I'm just taking Bills to win. I just just pick Bills. Hit a parlay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, our next game. We have the Lions at the Vikings. Vikings are six-point favorites. 
Um, my only notes on this game are Aiden Hutchinson and DeAndre Swift are questionable for this game. Both will likely end up starting because if they don't, they don't stand a goddamn chance. Yeah. However, however, give me the Lions plus six. Let it's, me tell you. Yeah, no, it's six, yeah. Yeah. Last time these two teams faced off, I believe the Vikings had to win on a last-second field goal. And if that's the case, they still only won by three anyway. And this is a different Dan Campbell-led Lions team. I'm not ever going to say Dan Campbell losing by more than a touchdown. I love him too much until he proves me wrong. Kill me. I don't care. Give me Lions plus six. I'm always going to root for the underdogs. I don't care if I go over 10 in my picks this week. I'm rooting for the underdogs. That's how I'm riding. I'm with here with Zach. I'm on the Lions plus six. But I will say I think the Vikings do have a potential to score a lot of points this game, which scares me with a late game like extra touchdown, extra, extra field goal, which mm. could hurt this spread. Well, I do think the Lions are gritty, and like this, these are the games they have to win. They have to win these close games against like division like opponents. So, I'm so, so Lions plus six. I'm I'm going Lions plus six. Also, um, I just think I think the Vikings, like I said, are still like trying to feel out what they're doing. They don't really have a game plan set yet, and I think Dan Campbell's going to have them fired the fuck up, and he's going to let them know that if you have a solo lion against a solo Viking in the wild, the lion's going to fucking maul that Viking. So I'm going to take the lion's fucking plus six. Hell yeah. I agree with that. For this next game, Ravens at New England against the Patriots. This has trap game written all over it. Trap door. Trap door. It has trap game written all over it. Yeah. I don't know why this line is at two and a half. I don't know why this line is at two and a half. Um, this scares me so much. As a Pats fan, it makes me giddy. But as a better, you have like, oh my god, I'm taking Ravens minus two and a half. I we don't have an offensive coordinator. Lamar played literally perfect last week. I don't know if the I don't know if Vegas thinks that Belichick just has Lamar's number. Look, if this was last year, I'd say okay, but we don't have. Devontae Hightower anymore. We don't have J.C. Jackson. We don't have Stephon Gilmore. We don't have anyone on the defensive side to even slow these guys down. Now, I'll admit, the Ravens' defense ain't shit. They don't have much. But when we don't have an offensive coordinator to tell Mac Jones where to throw the ball, I'm not really excited about any of that either. So, um, if anything, this game is going to be close just because the Pats are going to be smart about it, try to keep the ball on the ground, run a lot of clock manage it as well as possible i just think lamar is playing angry football and i really want to see him get paid so i'm going to wish a lot of success upon him and i told you week one until the pats get an oc i'm never going to bet on the pats even as a pats fan so let's go ravens minus two and a half on this one um the trap door i'm fully submerged in it because i'm on the chiefs minus five and a half I got to ride with the Pats here, plus money, plus two and a half. I think uh, even with it being in Gillette, it's something that I might want to sprinkle a little bit, money line. It'll probably be around like plus 140, plus 160. I think I think it's going to be one of those games where, as a Pats fan, you get that false sense of hope, and everyone else is going to be like, what the fuck? And then you're going to step away from the game, and you're going to think two words, Bill Belichick. Yeah, um, 
I I am also gonna ride Pat's two point five. Um, I just think that the Ravens, although they lost that game last week, they produced so much offensive like firepower. And there's just something about the Patriots that they don't really get blown out. And I just think that they'll keep it a sneakily close game, kind of maybe like lull the Ravens to sleep a little and then pull it out in the end. Fair enough. Fair enough. Our next game, we have the Bengals. Mm, We'll see. Bengals minus six and a half going to the Jets. I can't even call them. I can't even say they're going to New York because the Jets aren't even in. God damn it. They're in New Jersey. They're in Jersey. Um, you want to you talk about um, a trap game. This is one of the biggest trap games, in my opinion. Um, some injury updates. Zach Wilson is too busy, still too busy slinging Cougars. So the Flacco era remains and will ride on. Um, and Corey Davis, one of the main weapons for the Jets, is questionable with another limited practice. Um, dude, I'm torn on who to pick because my mind tells me the Bengals will easily cover six and a half. But at the same time, man, something about them, something about that Flacco, something about that Flacco guy. And I also just don't trust the Bengals. You know what? Damn. Damn. Y'all go first. I'm going to have, I'm going to have to, yeah, let's see who has the more convincing uh, argument. As someone that likes to like personally bet every game, every NFL Sunday, <coughs> the line I would stay away from. But I think just do a head up pick then. You can do a head up pick. No, I don't want to. That's not fair. I think the I think the ba- I think the Bengals don't get what they expect. Jets plus six and a half. I'm right with Casey. Give me Casey's pick. I like it. I like it. I like it. Jets plus six and a half. I'm Damn, I was gonna I say was, it. But, I uh, was about I was about to do that. And now I'm gonna go Bengals minus six and a half just because you got there's just there's just no way. I, you guys can't do, have a moment like that in the work. I'm sorry. Joe Burrow upset him last year. Let's do it again this year against a way less efficient. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is gonna is gonna get Will Riesenberger out there. They're gonna single handedly completely annihilate the Jets. Hey, here's my here's one of the things I'll be looking for in this game. Is Sauce Gardner really that guy? when he gets matched up with Jamar Chase. That'll be fun to watch, but yeah. it'll be only slant routes because he doesn't have <laughs> balls. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, shash. I, I hope to see a lot of shash. Yeah, it's going to be a saucy, saucy Sunday for our guys. But uh, moving on from that, we have the Eagles heading to the Washington Commanders. Um, Eagles minus six and a half. And this one is, damn, you know, interdivision rivalry game. Are we really going to go with more than a touchdown? You know, Hertz is really making his strides. This is another tough line to predict. Mm, I don't know, man. I'm going to have to doesn't go. like going first. I don't because, dude, with these lines, like, like Eagles six and a half? Like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm taking I- Eagles six and a half. I think Carson Wentz sucks ass. I think they're they've just been holding on close to these games. 
I think Jalen Hurts in this high speed offense that Casey said is going to fly all day on over the Washington football team. Give me um, Eagles six and a half. I'm going to be with Grayson and take the Eagles six and a half. Another sports podcast to listen to. Shout out, pardon my take. Um, they talk about how Carson Wentz likes to do Carson Wentz things. And Carson Wentz is going to go into this game thinking about like how this is his revenge game and he's going to try to do too much and he's just going to Carson Wentz it up. He's going to try to do like a shovel pass and like it's going to go for six the other Dude, way. My favorite thing from PMT is when they drop the quarterbacks of the week and it'll be like a genre and it'll be like, good, great, amazing. Carson Wentz. <laughs> like it's like yeah. its own genre of quarterback. Carson Wentz the is- funniest part is Carson Wentz isn't even in the Carson Wentz category more than half the time. Oh, I know he's that. never even in it. Blake Bowles um, was in it. <laughs> you know what? Give me Washington plus six and a half. You know, Curtis Samuel is finally healthy this week. Um, he'll be back. I think Darius Slay will be on um, Terry McLaurin, who hasn't been getting a ton of production anyway, uh, but he has the highest average depth of target. Antonio Gibson and McKissick will obviously be prevalent in the run game run game i'm just interested to see how washington's defense is going to hold up um ah, dude i just don't know it i hate betting for carson wentz but this just seems like one of those games where carson wentz for no fucking reason is just going to be within a touchdown like go don't get me wrong they'll never have a chance to win this game they will never have a chance to win this game but i i think they'll somehow be within six and a half Uh, that's just how i see it moving forward from that we have the Saints taking on the Panthers. The Saints are minus two and a half favorites. We talked about it earlier and Baker Mayfield not being that guy, having a shit year. Um, look, I'm not going to backtrack now. I've given up on him. I think Jameis Winston has a little bit of a bounce back week from the Bucks. Give me the Saints minus two and a half. Um, I don't know if Kamara's back yet, fully healthy, but if he is ready to go um, 100%, then the Saints should easily take this one. Screw the Panthers. I, they're not getting it done. Uh, with Zach, Saints minus two and a half, block it. I think the Panthers are a very dull team. Poor Baker. Um, I'm, doing the I'm doing the exact same thing. I just think that uh, – I just don't think – I don't see anything that the Saints can't handle from the Panthers. Mm-hmm. I like that. Next game, we have the Jags at the Chargers. Chargers are minus four and a half. Look, it's minus three now. Minus three. Oh my god. Um, look, I think the only reason this game is as low as it is on the bet slip is because of the uncertainty around Herbert's availability heading into the week. Yeah, dealing he's not with some rib- playing yet, right? Yeah, no, he's dealing with that rib cartilage injury. Um. You know, the Jack, this is the Jags' chance to prove that they have what it takes to make trends. Who's the backup right for the Chargers? Chase Daniels, the guy that's made $42 million, yeah. never he's starting a big game. Back of full career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shit, dude. So, look. Was, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, um, give, me, give me Jags. Give me Jags plus three. I think Chase Daniels is going to start. This is a dumb. This is a dumbass pick. This is so dumb. Uh, so I would say early, early thing would be Chargers minus three. Um, if Herbert plays, I wouldn't even take the minus three. I would just say over forty three. <clears throat> the over in this game, forty three points. Yeah, I just. Taking, I, I don't think the Jags are that good. You're taking Chargers minus three and over. Uh, depending on 
game time. Well, that, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. Casey. Yeah, we need that. We need that bet yeah, locked in now right for now. my edit right now. Give Based me. off what you know, Chargers minus three. All right, I'm gonna also go Chargers minus three. Yeah, uh, you see, that is the smarter decision. I will. I think say it's Chargers minus three either way. By the way, I think. Even with Chase Daniels in there, I think they're they'll just abuse Austin Eckler more. I think they're overall better. Yeah, team. yeah, I think that's the smarter thing. And it's in uh, Los Angeles, San Diego. So leave it leave it to Doug Peterson to pull off some magic. Uh, trap trap game of the year. Don't mark mark my words. Um, next game though, we have Rams minus three and a half at Cardinals. Rondale Moore is out again for the Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray is still short. And um, the state of Arizona is still hot. However, when it comes to their football team, it's about as cold as they can get. They had a lucky win last week. They ain't shit. Give me Rams. Definitely were waiting to do that. You had that planned in your head. I did not. I swear to God. McVay owns uh, Cliff. So I'm I'm on the Rams also. So we're all taking Rams minus three. I would also buy them. I would buy them at half a point minus three. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, next game, we have the Falcons at the Seahawks. This is an even line, uh, interesting enough. I'm going to take the Falcons, even though I hate Arthur Smith. Um, I think they've had more competitive games. Um, you know, Seahawks had a good game against the Broncos week one. Falcons had a good game against the Rams last week. Based off who's played better and or at least more recently – I think the Falcons are better suited, even with the worst roster. Um, I just expect them to get things done. I hope DK gets more looks from Geno Smith. He should have some good production in this game with that weak Falcon secondary, and even with AJ Terrell on him. Um, I can't believe I'm betting on Marcus Mariota, but screw it. Give me, give me the Falcons. Yeah, I'm going to be with you, Zach. I'm going to take the Falcons here. Offensively, I think they just have way more talent. The only thing I think that will be a factor is it's Seattle – it's September. There's a good chance it's going to be raining this game, right? And mm-hmm. I think Mariota is a loose cannon as is. Put him out on a wet field in Seattle. Maybe it's a little swampy feeling. If that's the case, I think the Seahawks take the cake. But as of now, weather bearing, I'm with the Falcons. I'm, I'm going Seahawks. I just think that this environment that – I mean, regardless of how good their team is, they're one of the hardest places to play at. Like, their fans show up, and they have a really good support and following. I think it's going to be too overwhelming, and as long as they shut down Kyle Pitts, I, I don't see the Falcons um, evolving from what they did last week or making any adjustments. I'm, I'm going to rock with the Seahawks. I think it'll be a boring game, but I think the Seahawks hit it through. I think Geno Smith is good enough to beat the Falcons, and I think that, that – they're kind of relying on the outside factor of the game, you know, with the fans and with the weather as well. But I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take the Seahawks. I agree. Next game, we have the Packers heading on down to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Look, these are both completely depleted offenses. I don't know what the under is, but you might as well slam the living shit out of the under. Um, it's 42. Yeah, under. Oh my God, the under is bang in this game um i'm gonna mm-hmm. take the bucks minus one um look sammy Watkins is out so even less weapons for rogers to work with i think al Mazard for you fantasy people i think he's gonna deserve the start this week um even with how good the bucks secondary or defense is i think this is really gonna be a proven game for them i know they're not 
they're not dealing with a ton of weapons against them. But so long as Aaron Rodgers is on a football field, that man doesn't need much to work with. Just get it to guys' hands, and he'll make shit happen. Um, Packers also have a stout defense. But um, I think Tom Brady's finally going to catch a stride, even with absolutely no one. He's going to goddamn Rashad Perryman. I don't think Godwin or Jones are going to be ready. Donovan Smith is left tackle still out. You're dealing with Mike, uh, Mike Evans suspension. I mean, this is th- if there was a game you shouldn't watch this week, it's going to be the Packers and Bucks, unfortunately. But I'm still taking Bucks minus one. Uh, it's all the Tampa listeners. Three four one eight West St. Louis. If you're going to the game, parking for thirty dollars. I live right by the stadium. Uh, I will then take your thirty dollars and put it on the Bucks minus one. As a Tampa native, I feel like that's only what's right. Tom Brady wins games. I feel like Aaron Rodgers. I'm speaking out my ass. Doesn't have a good history of playing in the Heat. I don't know if this is actual, but I just he doesn't feel have like, a good history against playing against the Bucks. Yeah, I feel like this is not like where he plays well. And I think he's he doesn't have all his weapons. I mean, he doesn't have any weapons in general. I think the Bucks defense is just gonna be really physical, hard hitting, and they're gonna win this game. Um, uh, I, yeah. I have nothing to add to what you guys said. I'm taking the Bucks. I think it'll be a really boring ass game in the way that Bucks have been playing all season, but they're still finding a way to win, and they just have so much more to. to they have more, when I look at this game, the Bucks have more ways to win than Green Bay does. Yeah, I agree. Next game, though, we have the 49ers taking on the Broncos. This game will be in the Mile High City. Um, <clears throat> George Kittle is good to go for the Niners. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said earlier this week he'd be surprised if he didn't play, and they officially announced that he will be good to go for the matchup. So now that they got their whole squad back and ready to go um, – I'm going to take the 49ers. I don't think until the Broncos prove themselves, I just can't really take the Broncos in any sense. I don't really trust Russell Wilson right now and what he's got going up there. I know it's a home game for them, but Jimmy G has had experience. And I think if this was a team of years past, the line would be even bigger for the 49ers. And I just think the Sharks or Vegas, excuse me, um, is just a little too high on Russell Wilson still. And I think they're banking on him figuring it out at some point. And I don't think this is the week to do it. Yeah, I couldn't agree with Zach more. Uh, I think the Niners are the smart play here. I don't think the Broncos have shown enough to be a betting-worthy football team. I think it's the Niners minus one and a half all the way. Yeah, I'm I'm also rocking Niners one and a half. I'm a big Jimmy G guy. I, I understand he gets a lot of hate because he doesn't have, like, the craziest stats. But he's one of those guys that just finds ways to win games, and he's extremely gritty. So I think that <clears throat> that's going to be a factor too. And I just – it's another one of those things I see more ways for the Niners to win than I do for the Broncos. And I think Debo Samuel being activated now a lot more and being a lot – getting a lot more touches due to Garoppolo is going to really help their offensive production. Yeah, I agree. Our last game of the week, we have the Cowboys at Giants. Um, this will be Monday Night Football, that 49ers game, Sunday Night Football. Uh, sorry for forget, forgetting to mention that. But our Monday night football game of the week, it's Cowboys at the Giants. Giants are one-point favorites. Um, some notes about this game. Kadarius Tony did not participate Friday after being limited on Thursday. This game, his status is still unknown. He probably will not play in this game. He's one of the top offensive weapons for Daniel Jones, even though he's already a struggling quarterback. That doesn't help his case either. Another thing that's important to mention, this is a whiteout game for the Giants. So because of that, I'm all for team spirit rolling into that. I'm going to take 
the Giants minus one. I think the Cowboys are a fluke with Cooper Rush. I can't believe they even beat the Bengals. And I think the Giants are going to be the worst 3-0 and team of all time. And I, I hate that I'm saying that because they did beat my Patriots in the Super Bowl twice. Um, but it would be fun to see um, Dane Belton just be that charm that they need up there, up in the Meadowlands. So let's hope they get things done. Giants minus one, locking it in. Yeah, I've never been more excited to bet on the Giants in my life. I think this is one of those games where they win 19 to six, something weird. Two field goals for the Cowboys, two touchdowns, a field goal, and a missed extra point for the Giants. The Giants win this football game. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be Monday Monday night football, but this is why we watch. I'm Wait, a, I'm, I'm go go ahead, Grayson. I'm gonna do some. I'm rocking Giants too. I think Cowboys suck. I've always hated the Cowboys. I I don't think the Giants are that good, but luck's going their way, and I don't think their luck's gonna run out this weekend or on Monday. Fair enough. Um, I'm looking for some weird scores right now. Um, I got it. I got it. We are going to have our first scoregami of the year. I'm calling it now. The score is going to be 18 to nine Giants. There's no way. <laughs> that is my bold right now. It is my awkward ass bet of the year. Um, yeah, I could just see this game being weird as shit. I'm trying to look at other scoregamis. There's also 18 to 22, there's 22 to 11. 20, yeah, yeah, 36, nah. 12, 18, 11. Yeah. Wait, what's got nine uh, in it? 11-9. Oh, 18-9 is, does have a good chance. 25-9, I feel like could work. I could see 25-9. 25-9 feels like a Giants kind of boys game. It's what? Yeah, give me give me 18-9, though. Give me 18-9. Score <laughs> First score got me game of the year. Um, but – what are you going to say, Casey? No, I'm just, I'm just obsessing over the score. I'm scoreboard right now. We'll be here all <laughs> Some Some awkward scores in here. I'm surprised some of these scores have ever happened. Like, what what game in history was 3-3 three to three or 3-2? Three to two? I would love to know. Early days, bro, when they just sucked. A bunch of mailmen playing football. Yeah. There were, there were some 7-2 to two scores. We got some 7-6s, seven, 7-7. Seven seven, seven. Anyway. That's enough scoregami. That's enough football from our end. It's been a great time with you boys going over the week two recap and going over the week three preview to all of our sports betters out there. We hope you don't have a gambling problem because guess what? It's not our problem. We're not going to tell you to get help. We don't care if you lose money. It's not our fault that you listen to a bunch of college kids talk some football, but we hope we make you some money this weekend. And that's about all I got to say. Anything from you boys? I just hope I destroy you guys in my picks and you guys are just i'm just right um fantasy gods please look down on me this week i'm owing to in both my leagues please show me some pity jacob oc can lick my nuts i hate colts just give john to the taylor at least 15 touches please <laughs> please yeah this was worth the long like long waited time of coming on fox on the stove i'm glad to be here uh make sure you, you like the post when the picks go up Comment who you think is going to have the best record. It's obviously going to be me because I know the most about football and I'm a sharp, I'm a genius. I've never lost a bet in my life. And I expect to be on the, the postseason preview.
Nice. Yes. Thanks for coming on, um, Big Case. Hell yeah.